strange thing to say. There is so much to talk about, yet I'm not sure I can talk. Does that make any sense? Uh, just, yeah, words. I stopped being able to form sentences about three days ago. It's not good on radio, is it? <laughs> no, it didn't go well. There were a couple of updates I did, which I didn't make any sense. <laughs> it's almost as though you get to the end of a, a tournament, you get to the end of a Grand Slam, and the final bit is done, whatever that bit may be. And then you shut down, a bit like the tournament. Like there's, there's someone near us now unwinding wires and the bench we're on might be taken away, but I've just, I'm just empty. Which is it's not the best start to this podcast. <laughs> no, it's, it's kind of, it's over. Um, and it's hard to, hard to digest. I mean, we just watched an epic five-set final for over four hours today. Women's final was a little bit quicker than, than the men's was, but it was, it was great and emotional in its own way. And no, I just kind of feel exactly the same. You're just drained, really, aren't you? Just empty. I've just been trying to find food for the last two and two. You were so very disappointed thought, there weren't well, any pieces. I, I thought you'd ordered it. And so, I, and I got waylaid. I sometimes get waylaid and I got waylaid talking to a couple of people. And, but the side of me that was really excited because I thought, well, this is ticking down those 25 minutes you told me, which at first I thought I was quite disappointed in that. But I thought, the amount of talking I've done, it's about 10 minutes and I'm going to have a pizza. Yeah. And then I turned around and you're sat there and I thought, oh, okay. And you said I didn't do it. And, and the disappointment I felt was probably not matching Roger Federer after his nearly five hours having had two championship points. But <laughs> it, it was at a point when I just thought... I'm just not sure. Yeah, well, let's compare the two, shall we? (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) How do you feel your disappointment was (laughs) on a scale of one to Roger Federer right now? I was sent to interview Roger Federer. Now, Roger, I feel I can sympathise at this point (laughs) because I really wanted some pizza having not really had breakfast or lunch and I was promised one and it didn't happen. So you had two championship points and lost. Is there any... It was was incredible, though. It It was... it was outstanding that final it's just dramatic so dramatic so much going on I mean and you just thought for sure Federer once he popped down those couple of aces to give himself match points just thought yep one of these two is going to make a great first serve and there we go he's going to lift the title it's all boring once again <laughs> so you have this theory um, that you're telling a lot of people your theory because I bumped into someone oh. else who told this theory too that if Roger Federer had won he never would have retired. <laughs> so that was your kind of, your pre-match kind of preview was, if Federer wins this, he's never, ever going to retire, which for some people is like music to their ears. Well, quite most people, it seems. And look, you know, I've mentioned this before. Of course, it is incredible. It's just beyond impressive. I have talked about Federer so much over the years and I'm not in any way I mean it's slightly tongue-in-cheek me saying that it's boring because it is extraordinary and when he was about to win I was on the edge of my seat thinking he's about to do it he's about to win oh this is insane this is unbelievable so I'm right there with everybody but as I say slightly tongue-in-cheek I'm just a bit over it I just want some fresh faces some new blood and when he was playing against Nadal I think that's when I said to you I was like if he wins, the, if he wins this tournament, he is I think never been saying going to, to me for a while. I feel like, but your young guns, and we must remember that you picked Stefanos Sitspas, who exited the first round stage, yes, to win this tournament. That it's great. The next year is brilliant, and they're coming through, and they're going to get there. But what we saw today, I'm not swapping that for for next gen couple of fellas at this stage. No, and it's, this was this was a, yes, the level dipped and went up and down, but. It was amazing that they kept a certain level for nearly five. I would say going into like the fourth set onwards, 
it was astounding. And look, the fact that the next gen aren't getting there means that they're not ready to, to do what they're doing. It's just a fact. I mean, how many times has Federer, Djokovic, and Nadal been one of the favourites of the tournament? And they're very good at not losing in the early stages of tournaments. It happens so, so rarely. I mean, Nadal went through a bit of a phase where he did it at Wimbledon, but that was about it. Um, it's... Yeah, it, it's amazing that we were left with those three and Bautista Agut. Let's not forget him. I mean, what an incredible story that was. But yeah, look, they're not ready. And that is disappointing. Is Novak Djokovic going to win more Grand Slam titles than Roger Federer? I think probably. I think that's that's basically, I, I think it would. it's now more likely. What's he four off to match? He needs to, be, he needs to win four more. Um, and look, I mean, he's averaging two a year. So it's just another couple of years and he's there. And will Federer maybe nick another one or two? You've got to think grass is his favourite surface, his best surface to do it on. Um, yeah, I just think I think probably, which is, is, I mean, it's great. Obviously, I mean, whoever gets the most is, is the best. And it ultimately really is the greatest of all time, especially because I think Djokovic has possibly shown a bit more versatility than either Federer or Nadal, who are a little bit more specialist and Federer just managed to win the French open and Nadal. Okay. He won Wimbledon a couple of times, but he had to work very hard to adapt his game to be able to do that. Whereas, you know, Djokovic is just pretty unreal on, on all surfaces and the most versatile, but it's, yeah, I mean, if he if he has the most, he has the most, and he's the greatest of all time. No one will ever consider him to be the greatest of all time, even if he ended up with 24-25 slams. I don't think people would say he's the greatest. They I would always say, say with Federer. Towards the end of that final, I did feel he should have been getting a little bit more love and appreciation yeah. than he was. And I know that people are saying, yeah, but it's Federer fans and Federer's globally loved, and I know that and I get that. But what Djokovic was doing, back up against the wall wasn't at his best level had a couple of championship points that he had to fight through to stay in there the stuff he was doing was was incredible but it it's just a fact he's never going to be more popular than Roger Federer but I just thought towards the end of course people were clapping and cheering but he could have he deserved a little bit more yeah he, he did it got to the point where it was a bit when they were chanting Roger Roger I mean we haven't really seen a lot of that before to be honest on centre court it was really quite extraordinary it's look he is never going to be loved as much as Federer but I think that he is as respected as Federer and I think you could tell that by the response of the crowd after he won he still got a standing ovation everybody was clapping and cheering okay they weren't screaming and overwhelmed and passing out like they would have been if Federer had won but you know the the appreciation was was still there and I, I think that he is appreciated and respected equally to Rafa and Roger but he is not loved like them and I don't think he ever will be so two things people might wonder why we're recording this when it's very difficult for us to currently string a sentence together (laughs) and I I still really want to find some food at some point that is because in a week's time less than a week's time you'll be married Mm. and you've I'm not going to use the word bridezilla just did but I'm not going to use that in relation (laughs) to you but there's there's a lot of wedding stuff that needs to happen yes so if we speak tonight when we're together you can you can go to wedding destination yes and just do stuff is that it you just want to do stuff I just want to yeah focus yeah. on doing stuff. some wedding stuff and I've been shoving it to the back of my mind well I mean I haven't even thought about it really through these two weeks I've just been so busy and just enjoying every second I mean, honestly it's just been such 
a privilege to to get to this and every year I'm, I'm sure you're the same but you just there's always a couple of moments through the two weeks where you just sit back and you look at your view whether you're on center court or number one or wherever you are or you're watching murray and serena and all of these moments and you just as i say there's always i think one or two for everyone where you just think wow I am so incredibly fortunate to be here. And I felt like that a lot through this tournament. And there was a very special day this year at Wimbledon because there was Bring Your Wedding Dress Day, Wedding Dress to Work Day, which um, <laughs> only you knew about and only you did. But your, your wedding dress paid us a visit. Which it did. Was, which was lovely. That was quite funny. And I was just kind of walking in and walking around with this wedding dress. Um, and it was it was in a bag it was in a cover it was in a black bag but it's it's quite long because it's got a train so I'm kind of holding it over my head marching down from Wimbledon because I bought it from a shop in Wimbledon and it went to a tailor's in Wimbledon and then they phoned me on Thursday this week saying just let you know we're closed for the weekend and we've got in our records that you need it by the weekend and I thought and again I've, I've never even, I haven't even thought about this I've been so busy um, so I had to go and pick it up on the Friday morning but I was on the first match at 11 so I was on my way in so then you called me and said can you come and pick me in the dress up for this bring your wedding yeah, dress you to said work no. day well no very helpful I was I would <laughs> have it getting ready for play starting at midday right yeah and I think if I'd left at that point I would have got in trouble <laughs> where's she, she gone has she gone to pick up a wedding dress no you gone to pick me up because of your wedding dress well it was me in the dress anyway so we marched down the hill from the village you're saying we I with walked. you and your wedding dress yes, it's me, a we it's me in the dress it's a, okay yes we. and then I had right. it and then I brought it in and I, I hung it up and everybody was looking at me like what are you doing it was very long and so I hung it up as high as I possibly could and it was kind of weird because through the day I almost kind of wanted to check on it no you did is it alright you did check on it you didn't want to check on it you did go and check on it as if it and, but the thing is it wasn't just that the sort of suit carrier dress carrier was still there you unzipped it to check it was still inside yeah well it could have been nicked so I was running around the place and I'd left you it you might there. have noticed if someone was walking around actually there's a lot of white in Wimbledon so maybe not <laughs> <laughs> this is probably the one tournament where you could get away with stealing a wedding dress exactly or wearing a wedding dress and no one would think it was strange yeah can you imagine so, that if I was just <laughs> sat on the this, uh, court number two commentary box just in my wedding dress well after getting messages from you <laughs> saying you were commentating in a booth in your wedding shoes yes I, I may not have been surprised as maybe other people in the team but so this is why we're recording tonight yeah so you can go in do wedding stuff and is this also officially our one year anniversary is this it i don't know i thought it was last week i think it's this week this week i think it's this i think it's uh, this okay. one happy I think birthday we're now officially happy birthday so i do i get a present this week then um <laughs> that muffin i just like, had yes the muffin <laughs> which you paid for is is your, <laughs> is Thank your present you so much and um there's so much to talk about but on birthday presents and mug the the tennis mug that you bought me, which was lovely. Good mug. Although I found out not very expensive, but lovely. Um, <laughs> I put it up on social media because someone wanted to see the mug. And there have been a few people asking if they can buy a mug. Oh, people, people want, want the mug. I think there's a couple of people we know want them for free. And there's, <laughs> there's other people willing to pay for the mug. Oh, so maybe all of my gifts to people over the next year could just be mugs. Just everybody that we know. My mum, for her birthday, have a, have a tennis mug. But then if you give one to your dad, then they both got them. It's just the same. Right. So, so li- are you saying, so listeners want a mug? So there is, there are some, how many? <laughs> quite well, a few. I mean, are you talking been, about two? Quite possibly. <laughs> and you, you may have doubled our numbers. But I was thinking that maybe if, um, if enough people wanted a mug, we could, we could do a mug. Is, would we do that? Sure. 
it's not. But not do you think it'd have tough. to be a lot of people? Do you think? Well, how many is a lot of people? I don't know. Thirty. Thirty. Does that seem a lot? I could. I could get thirty mugs. So if thirty people sent us a tweet and said, "Like to buy a mug." We do okay. mugs. Okay. What do you think? Oh, oh, so that's the challenge we've set to the listeners. If we get thirty requests for a mug, either on Twitter or Instagram. Oh yes, Instagram. The problem with Instagram. Remember, we're followed by dogs. Oh, so and also I don't really use it. It's yeah. going to be difficult for dogs to order a mug because I think our human followers are on Twitter. Okay, thirty mugs. Okay, thirty I could do requests that. for mugs. Okay, what we'll do mugs? Yeah, they've got to buy them though. I, well, no, I don't think we sell it out for free. I don't think this is actually going to happen. I'm just <laughs> sort of putting out. I've just put a number on it. I'll see what happens. The one thing I was thinking in the aftermath of the nearly five-hour epic. Djokovic win was either we won't remember think about Simona Halep's victory over Serena Williams in which she played some stunning tennis or the debate will rise up again of look what they did and look what they did in terms of one match was 56 minutes long and one match was nearly five hours long I'm not saying I'm bringing that up but my worry is we'll either start that debate following it or we'll just actually forget what she achieved well, I mean that debate is just a bit silly, really. I, I, I it's, it's quite. Can you see a reason for it somewhere, though? No, not at all. Okay. I can see a reason for, um, well, you know, I, I can see a reason for to, to bring up the debate of five sets versus three sets or whatever. Or, you know, should men be playing five sets or you know we've just had the tie break in the the fifth set or whatever or should women play best of five in the final? Like, I think all of that is a fine debate, but look. The majority of Grand Slam finals, uh, at least over the past couple of years, the women's has been way better in almost all of them. Um, this is probably the first one in quite a while where the men's final has been more competitive and more interesting than the women's final. Look, they're all going to be a bit longer because they're playing more sets. But when, when is length of time ever a judge on a... When would you ever use that to judge the quality of the sport that you're watching or the quality of anything you're watching you don't pay more money to watch you know a three and a half hour lord of the rings film at the cinema than you do for an hour and 20 documentary you you pay to go to the cinema and you you get entertained by whatever it is that that you've you've chosen to go and see and if you go and choose to see a tennis match it's it it is what it is and like i mean this argument was always um brought up with the equal prize money debate you know men play for longer it's just nonsense i mean mo farah doesn't earn you know a hundred times the amount that that, not a hundred a hundred times ten thousand something like that (laughs) are you making stuff up again (laughs) yeah Mo Farah does. It's just, it's just so hard no, to it's think. Hard, no, it's hard. Tonight. I'm telling it's, it's, you. No, it's, I'm I'm looking, looking at I feel you. like I can yeah, see three yeah, of exactly, you. I was saying exactly the same thing. I just feel I've got a vacant look on my face, and you've got a vacant look on your face, <laughs> and we're just looking at each other, and words are coming out, and I'm not sure anything's answering anything. Yeah, can I just say that if this ends up being a bit of a dud pod, and it's a bit a bit dull because we're both really tired, just just give us this one as a buy. Well, can you imagine? And just if, come if, back next week, we'll be fresher. What if people are... Well, we're doing one live from your wedding. Next time we'll be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be great. Tune in yeah, for that, So if, if you have found us for the first time... Um, we apologise yeah listen to uh, last week's <laughs> listen to last week's and we had the good chat on the age eligibility rule but yes. it, it's it's no it, it's good to be here in the after it, maybe it's good for people who have never been part of a tournament just to, I mean this is generally how you feel at the end of a tournament mm. you're absolutely exhausted it's almost as though when you finish whatever you're doing you stop and everything yeah. drains out of you because it's a very intense for, basically for a 
Grand Slam tournament for those two weeks, the people you work with are your life. You, yeah. I've been traveling in from home, vaguely seeing my family, sort of saying, yep, no, only a few days left. Other people have been living on site and you, they are your, your circle of people that you see. People I see at other tournaments around the world, I've hardly seen, maybe not at all, because you're sort of in the bubble of where you're working and then it's it's a little it's in a very good way it's Groundhog Day yeah. because you come into the same place you've sort of got yourself into the same routine and it's amazing but when it stops and you just sort of sit down and think okay it's it, and it's and it's amazing and, and for me I was commentating on Simona Halep's win and amazing I mean we talked about her redlining against Alina Svitolina and we know that Grass hasn't been Halep's surface who's been the clay she wins the French Open on the clay she talked about the work that she's put in on the grass she was sensational. Yeah. She was up against Serena Williams. And I know it wasn't Serena Williams at the top of her game, but it's still a Serena Williams who had seven Wimbledon titles, 23 Grand Slam titles. She's a legend of the game. I say I'm having to think about numbers. This is terrible, isn't it? Um, but she's a legend of the game on the centre court at Wimbledon. And Simona Halep was nerveless. Mm. She, was, she was absolutely sensational. She really was. I think that's a... a a fair assessment of it it really was phenomenal and just to finish off you know my point about the the length of time oh sorry no I thought it's fine oh, carry on no not yeah not really I, i've talked for ages it's fine uh, <laughs> not tonight to, <laughs> to finish off that point because it is important um because it is very easy to point the finger and and all i would say is and i'm not saying the finger is going to be pointed i'm no, just no, no, concerned but it will, it will be, because though. there's such there's always such extremes with the two finals that is this something that's going to resurface no sure it, of course it will it always will because there are people who are just waiting for that opportunity but what i would say is just look back at the last couple of years of Grand Slam finals and you will find that the viewing figures are higher for the women's the match was better for the women's and and that it's it's just a fact um and it it goes through phases and there'll be times where the the men's is more interesting but in terms of length of time it's just it's just utter nonsense you know like particularly for uh, the, the equal prize money debate I mean as I say nobody gets paid on the length of any sort of sporting event um, otherwise as I was saying Mo Farah should be earning a hundred times what Usain Bolt does but that is just complete and utter nonsense and you know people talk about footballers being overpaid nobody says they should play for longer to earn that money they just think they should play better it's all about quality and it's all about the appropriate length of time and best of three sets for me is the appropriate length of time for women to, to play um, Um, I think there's definitely an argument that the final could be best of five. Um, I think it's worth potentially looking into it, but uh, I don't know whether that is an appropriate thing to do or not, but that's how it's got to work. You know, this is a, this is a sport where there is a never ending. But that wouldn't work. If you've, if you spend the whole year playing best of three and then suddenly you're asked to go best of five, it it skews everything. It skews head to heads. It skews training, build up, match preparation. That would... That would be odd. Yeah, no, it would really, it would really throw. It in. I just think it's worth having the conversation. I'm not saying that I would necessarily be on board with it, but it, it is. Uh, I don't know. I think it's probably just worth, worth being in the mix. But I don't think it will be because, as I say, like for me, best of three sets is a is a really appropriate amount of time for women to play, um, and I think best of five is appropriate for the men. Um, so, anyway, just to, to, I won't go off on my other ones about equal prize money because we have equal prize money here at Wimbledon. So there's no point in talking about. About it. It's it's done and dusted. Would you like to know some royal etiquette in case you're ever faced with senior royals? Well, I won't be. So 
Right. Not, what else would not, you like I'm to talk about? <laughs> I would love to know the etiquette. Oh, you're in one of these you know. kind of moods, are we? Just letting you know <laughs> that I am not ever going to be chatting with royals. You might be. Why, though? Because you move in those sort of... You told me today that you could have been... Oh, actually, the... that is true. <laughs> yeah, actually, today I maybe could have gone and said hi, but... Uh, but no, I was busy. So, shall I tell you the royal etiquette? Yeah. This came courtesy of Marion Bartley. Okay. Oh, she's met royals. 2013 champion here at Wimbledon. She received for the, the ladies' final, the women's final, whatever anyone wants to call it, an invitation into the royal box from Duchess of Cambridge. Wow. Okay. There you go. So, it was actually, the invitation said, you are invited by Duchess of Cambridge to be at her table. Nice. Sit at the table and then go and watch tennis so I was having a chat with Marion beforehand beforehand and I was interested I said so what are you going to talk about like what do you and she said well and she's met her before and she said well she'll you know she asked me about uh, you know winning here what it was like playing tennis you know da, 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 little, little bits and I said but you've done that so you know, what are you going to talk about now and she said she'll speak about the tournament and I said what will you speak to her about can you bring up some stuff and she said well you can't you can't instigate a conversation or a subject matter so I could say it's a lovely dress thank you thank you but I couldn't say where did you get your dress from Uh, you can't ask a question you can't well I knew you couldn't ask questions of the Queen but I think Duchess of Cambridge Kate quite close I mean if we're talking but she's not the Queen no but she's not that far off right that is true she's you know, she's. I think we're further off, but in terms, people can ask us questions. <laughs> but in terms of a pecking order, so you can't, you can't sort of say, "Oh, how are the children?" No, can't Ooh. do that. Cannot ask how the children are. Right, but you I just have to sit then, there. What if she well, doesn't well, say no, anything? Just that's sit what, there. But that's what I'm thinking. To be a royal or someone in that position when you have to all the exhausting. It's almost like yep. an interviewer mm. because you have to be. I imagine. She would have known who Marion Bartley is, big tennis fan. But when you meet people, you have to be prepped on everyone because it's not like conversations. So if I stop talking now, which is highly likely because we're both sort of a little bit zombified, <laughs> you're just, well, maybe not tonight, but you would hopefully start and we'd ask each other questions. But Marion said, can't do that. So she will, you can obviously engage and reply, but you can't then, if there was a bit of that awkward silence, yeah. you can't then say, hey, what did you think of this and how's that? Because that's not allowed. I, I don't know. So you what, can't actually like, have a conversation. You can only answer her questions, yeah. essentially. But the thing is, I don't know what. Her, so I didn't walk on the centre court grass. But when we were getting in position have to you do never the last it? few, I think I may have gone on the corner. But it, when we were doing our last few shows and we were doing them courtside, and Lisa said pitch side, doing them courtside, I, someone came up to me and whispered in a very nice but threatening manner, "If you go on the grass." you'll be shot mm. I mean they were the exact words if you go on the grass you'll be shot so it's I, been done before so I didn't and then Olivier Giroud who was a guest of ours today the um, <gasps> did he Chelsea go on the grass striker, he went on the grass <gasps> oh, no, well, you can't shoot him he wanted to feel what it was like but we got a bit of like you know they should know he's on not grass to. all the time but I think but this is this is centre court grass so so that was quite sort of you know you'll be shot and I thought well, that's a bit but what would happen if you asked the Duchess of Cambridge how are the children so did she answer it because you can't just not and then someone pulls you to one side and says you shouldn't have done that or do you just carry on so I'm wondering you don't suddenly get ejected from the table no go to the toilet and never come back (laughs) it's got sinister suddenly (laughs) I reckon she's got a little signal to the minders and what do they do 
What do remove, you, remove you from the they situation. Don't remove I reckon you. they'll come over, tap on the shoulder. They don't remove Marion, you. off you go. Can't do that. I don't. Oh, I'm sure she just answers the question as long as it's not too horrendous. Maybe like, you just don't get invited back. Yeah, yeah. You probably just yeah. You wouldn't get invited to the table. I I don't know really. Um, but Marion, Mar- I, I, I would really struggle to see Marion not asking a question though because she's so kind of chatty and interested. And but I think you can engage. But but I think they come so well stocked with topics. They just it's like when you're practicing your forehand and someone's got a bucket of balls they just keep sending the balls into your forehand if I can bring it back to tennis (laughs) over a whole lunch how do they eat they surely have to stop to eat yes but when Marion gives quite long answers which is lovely when she's answering you start eating maybe she doesn't eat I mean I don't know I I haven't been in this situation but I just thought it was interesting that and maybe there's levels of royals maybe a certain royal you can chat away but maybe there's a sort of... I mean, look, maybe someone's listening to this. I'm not saying royal, but maybe someone's listening to this who has experience and can just enlighten us. Because I was just hearing it from Marion and I was quite interested by it. But it, you know what? It, it's part of the traditions of Wimbledon. And that's why players... Pat Cash said today, the morning of the fight, Tim Hemman asked him, because Pat Cash won Wimbledon, didn't win the Australian Open, would you swap it? to win your home slam he said no never this was the one I wanted yeah but it is it's the biggest it's the best it's the why is that is Is it is it the traditions is it because it is locked down these traditions and while it's evolving at the same time it never changed it's amazing but it's kept these traditions for so many years it's the tradition of it I think that is the way that players would sum it up but it's also the attention to detail is just of another level. I mean, people don't understand. We come in before the tournament starts and, and I've always loved, you know, particularly when I was as a player, here as a player, the week before you see all of the finishing touches. I mean, there are just teams of people with the teeniest, tiniest brush you could ever imagine. And they're down on their hands and knees with what looks like a very delicate paintbrush. But they're they're on kind of concrete or brick, like trying to get little bits of moss out and stuff. You you don't understand until you get here. And actually, I was talking to a few of my friends um, and family members that came down throughout the tournament whenever I had a minute to pop out and say hi and bye (laughs) as you kind of run past them on your way to a court um and there are so many things i think that when they're done really well you almost don't notice them so something like flowers for example when it's done brilliantly you don't notice them i think in, in a lot of these sorts of events but they are done so well that it almost takes your breath away you're almost kind of just wow these flowers are incredible they're just at like a different level Did like, you have a flower moment really, this really? Week or last week? Oh, i've been talking about flowers the whole time are you time. a flower person not really. I don't. I don't know much about flowers at all. I don't have a garden. I can't. I, I've got three tiny pots. Each one has a cactus in it. Oh no, I've got two because one died. Imagine that How killing a cactus. cactus. <laughs> Imagine that. How does a cactus die? Well, they live in deserts. I didn't water they it. They survive. What they survive in deserts. How did you kill a cactus? Well, this one. This one was not happy with the conditions that I, I gave it, so I've only got two. But no, I'm not particularly gripped by flowers. But it does. I mean, come on, you've got to say that you do notice it walking around. It's 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 amazing. You know, know? the funny thing is, you notice it, but you don't. Yeah, it's like the ball boys and girls. It's so perfect. Yeah. Everything is so wonderfully done that you, you don't notice it enough. I think you're right. I think when you come in in the first few days before the tournament starts, you see the bits and bobs and there's things everywhere as they get everything ready. You notice it a little bit then. And if we came back tomorrow, Monday, you'd notice it a bit more. But I think 
sometimes you don't notice things enough because again you're in that routine so you're getting in for a certain time for a meeting and then you're going to a court and you're going to another court and then you're hoping to get some food but then Naomi decides not to order your food so you don't have food and then you go somewhere else and then you come so you almost don't notice whereas if you were coming for the day you would soak everything up and take everything in well we're sort of running around like lunatics yeah and I think going back to your point you were making earlier so people oh wow keep, keeping track it's one of these podcasts we're just, it's all jumbled up maybe in the edit I could chop things up and put I it in the right order I still you killed a cactus it's just I feel it's just something that's oh, staying back with to me that. For, I'm well, so confused so, well, stop changing the topic geez, my how, mind cannot I, keep up I don't know how you kill a cactus oh. it survives in a desert well I've got two people more people don't survive in deserts cactuses or cacti do survive in deserts yours died in London I didn't water it for about three years. I think you are supposed to water it like once every few months or six months or something. But the other two are still going. They are. They are. They're definitely sturdier. Anyway, sorry. Back to the topic of conversation from about half an hour ago. Which one? Mugs. <laughs> selling mugs? Or have we moved on from talking selling mugs? Talking about us being tired and you were talking about Groundhog Day coming back in, but also yeah. you are saying about the whole tournament everything. I think this is something that as a player I never realised is the amount of effort that goes in by other people. Uh, you really, really don't. And it's very easy to criticise the players. I think particularly being in the media with journalists and I'm sure you felt like you felt really frustrated. They keep you waiting. That Sometimes they can be incredibly inconsiderate. Um, just any of those sorts of things that that go on. And sometimes they just, sometimes players can just be pretty rude to you and they don't realise that you've genuinely been hanging around for them and that is what you're there to do. Uh, and actually especially in in the media i think as a, as an interviewer or a journalist like your job is to promote the sport promote the player because if you are a tennis writer people need to be interested in tennis otherwise you don't have a job anymore so it does kind of work together and it's very very difficult i think for players to really get their head around that sometimes and sometimes they come into an interview and they'll say they just give you nothing i'm not giving you anything to work with which actually when you think about it it's quite disrespectful because the journalist needs something to work with. They need a line to be able to write a story. And sometimes players just give you nothing, right? Well, and sometimes just get, players take the fine and don't come to the And they don't response. come at all. Exactly, right? And and it's... But you don't understand as a player. I had no idea. You have your blinkers on. Everything's focused. You have to be so incredibly selfish. Being selfish is a real quality, particularly in an individual sport. Um, you, you, you have to be. And you just don't realise. And I remember the first time I ever realised doing press was because BBC South East and uh, Neil Bell was there every single year and I always did interviews with him and I always had to hang around for ages for the live link to the news and, and it was just five minutes, five minutes they were trying to keep me there and all this sort of stuff and I, and did I, you look I a bit scowly? no, 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 I, I, I said it was fine <laughs> like no issue and then I just overheard him having a conversation and I just, I just said, and it just suddenly dawned on me I said, well I'm the only person from the South East here <laughs> so I I just said to him and he was so lovely and I think it was about the third year and I said are you just here for me he said yeah yeah we're just here we're basically here, here for you for that that's essentially it and and then you know I would always do everything I could with him then then after that I mean of course they're going to do some color bits and pieces at Wimbledon and stuff but this it wasn't BBC London it was this, you know Wimbledon isn't in the southeast technically it's in BBC London so it's not really their event or anything apart from they're probably reporting on the strawberries as well they come from Kent 
So you <laughs> so and the strawberries. Could be like that. So you and the strawberries. Yes, right. I did a, I did a, I did a, an interview the other day for for Radio Kent chatting about the tennis, and I was on after the woman who's well, in charge if, of all the strawberries. If you think you don't talk a lot, they're not going to get a lot out of the strawberries. So you really <laughs> she were was their top off and pick. running. No, no, it was fine. <laughs> I was second to her. Don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, you know, th- I think you don't really realise. You definitely don't realise until you finish or you get involved. I think it's almost worth for the players kind of spending a life of the day of. And, and as I say, like people are putting every drop of energy into it like like you were saying like you are exhausted i am absolutely ruined you know people have been commented i mean back remember the match you did um the 7068 mahu isn't a match that was you commentating on radio and i think for when all the, the fans froze it's when the scoreboard yeah froze. i mean what do you what do you, well, you haven't do? got a monty i've got anything and i needed a wee and that was yeah that but was... i mean but it's extraordinary because it's it's like you know, I think fans, they, they watch the match, they think of the player, everything else is just kind of seamless. And I think to really appreciate uh, so many people that work almost behind the scenes that you don't really think about. And uh, those players, I don't think, you know, Isner and Mahu, what a phenomenal effort they made. But then what about the umpire that didn't go to the loo? And what about the, the commentators that didn't get a break and a, and a this and a that? I and mean, there, there's so many more people who have put in a mammoth effort into that event so I mean but then I could flip that and say that we sometimes don't get so Roger Federer would have been absolutely crushed yeah. with this defeat he has to do a round of press interviews he speaks oh, a horrendous different languages so he has and we we all want our three questions we all want the answer yeah. and for some journalists it'll be something that's got nothing to do with this but it's their one chance to speak to Roger Federer and and yeah okay that might be insensitive in some cases but I think sometimes we don't realize that what he has been through today mentally and physically he's then got to come around so if his answers and they won't because it's Roger Federer are a bit shorter than normal are a little bit tense it's understandable and when people come in after a defeat you know there are people still chucking ridiculous questions at them sometimes and I think we have to to realize that it's it's not long after the heat of the battle and sometimes they get asked all sorts of bits and pieces and maybe they've won but I remember one year at the I want to say the Australian Open. I'm going to stick with the Australian Open. That Novak Djokovic had won. Well, that makes sense because he's won loads. And he'd done hundreds of interviews. He'd been through all... He'd won the whole thing. He'd been through all the TV sets. He's walked around Melbourne Park and gone to all the sets and done all the TV stuff. We have to be really smiley because you're on TV. And he's done everything on the court. And then finally... And then he came into the press room and did a massive press conference. And he's got to do it in different languages, obviously. And then there was a row of us, about 30 of us, lined up. And he was literally going to each one, you had two questions. Each one, you had two questions. And I remember thinking, I, I want to try and make this different. But at the same time, you couldn't because, you know, you had two questions. So it's got to be, how does it feel to have won this? And I don't know, what does it mean? Or something like that. You can't, you might want to be kind of a bit funny or different and ask him something. But that's one question gone. Mm. And you've still got to take that product back. But this poor guy has done hundreds of these. So you do an interview like, oh, they didn't say much. I thought they'd be happier. Happier? They'd be doing interviews for five hours. Yeah. But it's, so I think, I think it, it kind of works, it works both ways. Um, that we have to, I think sometimes, there'll be journalists that, that need an angle, they need a story. Their bosses have said, you have to ask this question or you have to do this. And so you go in there thinking, right, I've, I've got to do this. But I think we also have to respect that 
the player what they've been through, what they're going through, what they might have, you know, physically or mentally, what's what's happened out there. Like Naomi Osaka mm. having to leave her press conference. She said, look, can I leave? I, I think I might cry. I mean, she's going through a lot, but still coming in. She could have taken the fine, but still came in to do the press conference. And while, yeah, you've, and there'll be people screaming this going, no, you've got to ask the tough questions. And I get that. And maybe it's just not me. I, I don't want to, you know, it, it's, I think it's difficult, but I think there is, yeah, the other side to that as well that we've got to think about what you guys maybe have just gone through yeah well I don't think anybody ever really talks about it that much I mean even for me when I first played Wimbledon I just wasn't prepared for what was going to happen no one had really mentioned it the, the amount of press you have to do I mean oh my god I mean the year I played Venus I, I lost I mean I put in a decent performance but I lost to the defending champion and she then went on to win the tournament but after that I mean we played at one o'clock on the opening Tuesday and I was probably off court by about 2.45 so it was about an hour and a half or something like that or closer to three maybe and you, I had 45 minutes to get ready get to press and I was doing press until gone half past seven probably yeah definitely gone half past seven closer to eight and I remember just going out to the car park um over the road in, in the golf course um so I had uh my coach had his car parked there and we kind of wandered out there and we just lay on the grass just in between cars no one could see me no one could end anything and no one knew we were there and just lying down just being absolutely just frazzled because I'd never ever dealt with press before and then suddenly I was doing four hours of it wow you know it was it was over and over and over and look I didn't have to do all of that uh, I just didn't know I could say no <laughs> I was I was also saying that. a very similar thing because again as I said if you've got if I've got three questions with you yeah. that, that they are going to run along a very similar theme throughout the interviews what was it like being playing Venus and we said yeah. God, da, da, da. so it's going to be so it's understandable if you buy interview number 50 after four hours you don't still have that excitement or maybe the emotion that you were showing 50 interviews ago yeah and you've got a yeah it's just the same questions over and over and over again and then and then I remember so then I um, so then my coach dropped me up at my aunt's house which is not far away and I used to live with her during Wimbledon which was really nice because it was kind of homey that sort of thing and, uh, and, I, and I got there and I opened the front door and I could hear so many of my family members like all of my family members oh, this wow. is like 8 o'clock oh. at this point well, maybe even later half past 8, 9 o'clock something like that I can't remember it was quite late and there was probably about 15 family members cousins, aunts, uncles my mum, everybody I opened the door and I just heard them all talking and I just thought I just I can't I, ca I can't I, firstly I was very upset I'd lost in the first round secondly I had opportunities in the match you know it was just very difficult to digest everything I just wanted to go and just lie on a bed and also as a player you're used to traveling week in week out and just being in hotels and you just come back to the room you just put some music on and you just lie on the bed and you just zonk out and you just do whatever you're going to do and that was just kind of what I wanted to do because that's normally how you deal with a loss or deal with that sort of thing and I just thought oh my God, there's all these people here I didn't know what to do so I just so I, I closed the door and just left again Oh wow! And I can't really? remember. Can't remember where I went. I think I literally just kind of went to a park and know, just sat on a bench. Did they hear you come in and shut the door? Well, I I went to a park and sat on the bench. And then when I looked at my phone, I had um, messages from some of them being like, "Was that you? Was that you?" And no. I just, <laughs> just thought I'm just going to sit here, wait for a while. Um, but yeah, it's, it's and it's not it's not their fault. Obviously, they were just really enthusiastic. But it just was not what I, I needed at that time. But have you enjoyed the two weeks? 
It has been amazing. Oh, it's just been so, so good. I mean, it always is. We go through all the, the roller coaster emotions, don't we? I think the first week, you often hear people say, it's only day four. <laughs> it's like, how is it only day four? Um, but then by the time you get to the end of it, you just think, oh, it's over. I can't believe it's over. Um, but it's been, a, it's a phenomenal tournament. It's my favourite place in the world. My favourite two weeks of the year. It, there's been so many stories uh, just yeah I just absolutely loved it how have you found it yeah it's it's, it's amazing it's it, it's exhausting it's weird it comes at the end of a, of a run through the clay court season into here and we're so lucky to be doing what we're doing but it's it's you know it's tough yeah um, looking forward to a bit of time now just to sort of settle a bit and, and not work for a few days but we're, look, we're very lucky it's an amazing tournament everything is done so well it's a great team amazing matches wonderful opportunities um, I, I feel at this point I should anyone that listens to this that maybe works for this I just want to apologise if I haven't seen people I feel weirdly this is I guess our home tournament yeah being English, British, um, but I've hardly seen anyone, and I mm. think that's which feels so weird. And I don't know whether it's because maybe when you're in US, you're sort of in a different place and you're away from home. Because I've been rushing back and forth every day to get back to the twins and come back, but I feel I've I've hardly seen anyone um, while I've been here. So sorry if anyone's listening they haven't seen. I'm really sorry. Yeah, and I I'll know. S- see you in New York. <laughs> it does it does kind of go like that. But I think when we reflect on the tennis, I mean there have been some amazing moments, but. To have Halep and Djokovic as the champions, it feels very right, doesn't it? I think, uh, look, barring Ash Barty, you'd probably say that Ash Barty and Simona Halep are the best best two players in the world. Um, you know, Djokovic is the best player in the world, isn't he? He's world number one and it's for a reason. Um, and as I say, I think you put Halep maybe in the mix with, with Barty and uh, probably at the moment. But, I mean, to have those as the champs, just great, you know? It's just just a that's a huge success for me so you still don't know if i'm going to record a live podcast at your wedding i think you don't know well the, the good news <laughs> is i have accommodation thanks to you well thanks to your mum but through through the cavaday family yes. sorted I've, although i haven't paid for it yet but i'm sure it's still going to be there so that that's absolutely fine which is good so yes. accommodation is sorted weather is going to be fine Mm, weather's going to be not, fine <laughs> anyone listening to this please just, please just hope for nice weather the weather's going to be fine okay if you get a little bit wet it doesn't matter um, it's time for you to do wedding stuff it's time for me to do wedding stuff and I, I'm now slightly concerned because we did talk about this 30 mugs thing I feel like in a month's time I'm just going to be somebody who has 30 mugs in my cupboard <laughs> that, that nobody wants to buy <laughs> well, you're going to convince me to do this aren't you you're going to say we've had loads of tweets and then when we actually ask people to pay a bit of money for them and I've got the mugs in my room to be honest I think you're going to be a little bit too busy in the next week or so to think about mugs <laughs> so let me handle the mugs which there might be like three people and then you haven't got to worry okay so let, I will I will sort out I, I'll deal with mug requests you deal with wedding requests it's now since we started this and we came inside this little tent is this like something you're having for your wedding like oh a, uh, like we, a tent yeah it's, it's, it was a temporary structure isn't it Ooh. we came in here just because That's very we professional get, get out of the wind I don't, it's, it doesn't look like a tent to me well, it looks like what else does a tent this looks like a tent oh, it's a well. tent mm. tent kind of materials with flaps for a door it's yeah a tent. okay fine okay. but we came in here to get out of the wind and now well, early at the start of the podcast, I was looking at you sort of vacantly as, as you were me. But now it's so dark, I can't even see you. Yeah. I mean, you're over there. 
I can hear you. But that's it, because darkness has descended on the Sunday night at Wimbledon. We are officially a year old. Yeah. We have mugs. Um, <laughs> wow, the progress we've, we've shown <laughs> in, in a year. In a year, we have a mug. Yeah, I think we should keep going. Look at that, look at that beautiful sunset now on Wimbledon. Can we go and find some food? Okay. Let's have some food, then you can do wedding stuff. Pizza. And I'll go and find you a cactus. Okay. Okay.